Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show that doesn't have too many contributors this time. Oh my Colby, God. what's good? Hey, what's up, everybody? Eat a raccoon and throw it in the trash. You totally came up with that on the spot. I'm so proud of you. Way to go. Yeah. All there right. went that. Rest in the past. No. Dibs on giving the nicknames. And with us is Tommy, Trackmaster McPhail. Master of all tracks. Eddie Form. And also with us today is Emily, Nintendogs, Mitchell. I think you already gave me Nintendogs. Oh, oh yeah. if I already gave you Nintendogs, then I'm going to go with Barbie's Dream World, Mitchell. Woo! But Nintendogs was I like Scribblenauts. Scribblenauts would have been Oh, I'm Scribblenauts. Yeah. Yeah, there are like several scribble knots, so we can mine that forever. Scribble knots? Yeah, yeah, yeah scribble knots. Like astronauts. You got to scribbles. like you get to draw on the DS and then it comes to life. It's really oh. cool. Yeah, so they have like this huge bank of things that you can just draw and then if it says if you say something that like is not like actually on there, it gives you like the closest thing, so you're like rope, and then you solve the puzzle with the rope. Yeah. That, that sounds There's like a real one nice with DC time. superheroes and you can like draw the superheroes and they come to life and it's you can, really cool. You can get like Satan and God and So hell. it's kinda like it was kinda like Picto chat, but like with a plot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like you can Draw, they had like such a deep roster. Like you could draw Static Shock or like Black Lightning. I love Static, or, static Shock was one of the best um, shows all time. Uh, also, hey, I'm here too. Hey, hey yeah, Dustin. Uh, I don't have a cool gimmick for his. Cool. No, I'm Meredith's all time best yeah. person. Dustin Nut Reiner. Okay. Cool. Tommy, what do we got today? All right. So today we are going back to for the soda of the week. We are going back to the brand, um, the brand game. So this has a brand. Um, it's called Gross Gus's Pimple Pop. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, made by the Indian Wells Brewing Company, and uh, they're trying to claim that this is a marshmallow soda, but the photo on the front indicates that it is not. So I don't know. It is. It's it's a milky white color. Yeah. Not clear. It looks like watery semen. In a bottle. Yeah. I'm just going to hey. go there and say that. We got to drink this. Emily's grandma is listening to this. Is she? she might be. Is she? Hey, well, she said some interesting things during Cards Against Humanity. She really night, did. Which we will not repeat on this show. No, 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 no. Emily, grandma. Emily Mitchell, in front of her grandmother, said Pac-Man uncontrollably guzzling cum. And yep. I've never seen her more embarrassed. All right, here's the first sip. It was, a, it was a really nice game of Cards Against Humanity as far as those go. Um, it wasn't anything too racist. You know yeah. what? You know what? What? Soda's not bad. Tastes just like marshmallows. Okay. Cool. No uh, question. Question about that game. That game. Uh, did was it just like the the traditional just standard set, or did you yes. have some expansions? Yes. Yeah, so we played, there were like three different decks, right? No, no. So it was the it was the standard set. Um, okay. We had the standard box, and we just had like eleven people playing. So it, okay. like it made for like n- nine or ten of the options every round were pretty forgettable. Yeah. Um, but the best part was that somebody pulled up. Was it who pulled that up? The whole box thing. Was it you? It was Michael. No, it was Michael, Michael brought um, it up. So one of our friends brought up the fact that in one of the games there's a secret card hidden bigger blacker box yeah in the box but we thought it like everybody's kind of drunk at this point so we thought it was like the original box yeah so while the game is going on i'm in the kitchen with all of the adults like the certified a adults uh, yes and we're true cu- there were elderly people playing cards against <laughs> humanity with us except for grandma um grandma was playing she was in the game she had skin in the game okay but uh we're in the kitchen with a huge knife trying to cut open the box very very carefully to try to get this card oh yeah and, Nobody the said, whole box. Yeah, nobody said that it was the only the bigger blacker box that had the secret card, which Correct. is a bigger blacker dick. But nobody said I anything. It was the biggest blackest dick. It, it is. It's roughly the same thing. Yeah, nobody said anything until it was too late. So arguably the whoa, better whoa, whoa, game no, no. was cutting the box open. I, my, didn't, I didn't know you were doing anything until you like jumped into the room yeah. with like a fucked up box. Well, my favorite part was you bought you brought the box in where the top was ripped <laughs> off, and then somebody was like, "Oh, did you check the sides?" And you were like, "Oh." 
and went back in the kitchen. Uh, and if that was that were to be an option. We <laughs> are we already caught up most of the box. I'm a team player. I was in <laughs> you it might for the as journey. Well just destroy the whole thing. Yeah, and everyone's okay. like, "Where are we gonna get another box?" And we had Ziploc bags. Anyways, that soda very sugary. Six out of ten. I don't know. You oh, know what? Five out of ten. It's not as good as a marshmallow because, like, marshmallow. What? The best part about marshmallows. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The I'm texture? a marshmallow connoisseur. Uh-huh. I enjoy marshmallows a lot. Dog, Put that on your business card. I toast marshmallows over our stove. Frequently. Anytime that we have marshmallows. Fair. I've only caught you doing it once, but you do do. It happens a lot. I said do do. Um, he said do do. No, it's very good, but like, like that's okay, but it's not like marshmallow. Uh huh. But okay. Yeah, it's I think it's marshmallow good. reminiscent. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's it's a lot like the marshmallow like little jelly bean. Vague so I'll give marshmallow it that. undertones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give it that. Um, yeah, With- what do we got for a topic today, dog? Tommy, you want to do that? Um, I do not, but okay. uh, yes and. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. So today we're talking about kids' shows in general, but more specifically, things that influenced our tastes as children. So mm-hmm. this pretty much opens us up to the whole echelon of like, only 90s kids would remember this, because we were all born in the 90s. But I like to think that we span more decades Which, than that. my 90s status was thrown into question last night by yeah. Emily, and she was like, do you even remember the 90s? And I was like, I was there for a, a while, like half of it. I was born in 95. Nobody remembers the 90s. It yeah, was no one, one remembers the 90s dream. the way that Everyone remembers the early 2000s and just think that was the 90s, but the early 2000s and the 90s were completely different. Yeah, no, the right. people claim like 2000 or like 2001, they're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it was like the 90s and only 90s kids. And so like people claim like 90s kids are kids that grew up in like the early 2000s and have like formative years before mm-hmm. like 05, right. you know, when like that's it really, like really if you're like, I'm a 90s kid, like I'll give it, I'll give you like if you're born in like 88, 89, yeah. like you got to experience that shit. Yeah. And I'll give like, I'll give like some people my age, like growing up in 94, or, you know, well, 95. You know, caught it, we caught it on the back end with like yeah. reruns and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, like, in no way am I trying to discredit, like, us or people, like, rather adjacent to us. Mm-hmm. But, like, I saw my sister post about it, like, a long time ago. And I was like, don't lie to yourself, dog. She's born 98. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was in 92 and my sister was 95. But I catch my sister saying a lot of stuff like that, too. Yeah. Where, like, I forget that most of my friends were born the same year as my sister. Even yeah. though I'm just a little older. I yeah. But, like, 92 is really great because I remember Space Jam coming out and seeing it in the movie theater. So, like, that to me tells me I was present. My taste was shaped and life was tight. Yeah. I can claim that. I remember seeing Rocco's Modern Life reruns and like that actively yeah. being a thought in my head. Yeah. Or like the I like I still remember the Nickelodeon programming block at night because like yeah. my bedtime was shaped because Doug came on after Rugrats and I got to watch Doug and or Rugrats and Doug. Yeah. And then I went to bed at eight thirty and that was it. So like yeah. oh, I remember very specifically. Yeah, so I remember, well, all right, my parents divorced. God, I so, had like 7.30. I had like very specific things that I remember where yeah. it's like, if anybody tries to question my 90s street crowd, yeah. Yeah. I remember their programming. I remember, I remember like uh, like you had the first Pokemon movie and I remember that coming out and going to see oh, it at the theaters like in 98. Oh, yeah. And then I remember going to see, I remember like getting all the Pokemon games. Like a lot of my life was shaped by like Pokemon Digimon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, like same. those things being like large pillars in my life. Yeah. Uh, and so like, like nope. when those came out, or when Yellow came out, or mm-hmm. I think Crystal, Silver, Silver and Sil- Gold came out in like '99. Yeah, Silver 2000? and Gold were the first ones that I played. Mm-hmm. But I think were, those were like 2000 because no, specifically Yellow version came out in 2000. And this is my story. Yeah, really? no, yeah so it came out. I it, it was came, '99. I no, it, was, it came out yeah, three okay. days before my birthday in the year 2000, and I remember this because my babysitter worked at Walmart and yeah. stole me a copy. 
so oh, a few days I took, early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember I, this. I had yellow version three days before it came out. And yeah. it, might, it might be 99, but I'm like 95% sure. Well, that I'm going to look it up. Are you 99% sure? Damn. Got him. On brand. But yeah, he regardless, he got me that three days before my birthday. And so like I took that to school a day early and everyone's like, that's fake. Yeah. And then when they realized it was the real thing, it was like, oh shit. Because then yeah. gold and silver was it, like a No, few, it came out in 98, dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, now yes. you're a liar. Yeah. I knew this shit. The yeah. special Pikachu edition. Yes. Yeah. September 12th, 1998. Oh. How? How, Sway? The first. I remember having that in kindergarten, first grade. Yeah, no, first. that came out. That had to have been like coming out in Japan. In North 98. America came out in 99. Bam. Okay, so it was 99. Okay, so. I stand corrected. Initial, right. initial release was a ni- at the end of 98. Okay. Mm-hmm. So fall 99, I got a copy yeah. three days before it came out and everybody was like, holy crap. And then Pokemon after that was just completely different for me. See, Pokemon, when I was a kid, I had gold. We had um, silver. I had silver edition. And my mother had gold edition. I think this is like the last time my mom ever played a video game. But we both had a Game Boy. Yeah. And a Game Boy Color. And she played it and I played it. And it was just a fun time. We would talk about it. My dad also, for some reason, I was like rifling through his shit when I was a little kid and I found an original Game Boy like the big gray blocks yeah all he had were like with Tetris yeah yeah, it had Tetris and I think it had another game that was like it had Mr. Game and Watch flipping pancakes and it was like just some Mario games yeah Mm -hmm. it was like some Mario mini games we had had like you had like there was like two Game Boy Marios and then you had Wario Mario yeah Yeah. Yeah. Super Mario Land is the ones that came out for Game Boy yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. But like, it was just super fun, and I was like, "Oh, my dad's cool. He had a Game Boy." Tom is tight. Yeah, Tom's a good dude. <laughs> um, yeah. So for context, for everybody, uh, in America, Gold and Silver came out in October of two thousand. Uh, so it was a year later. Okay, so yeah, so that's what I meant. Um, when it, whenever it came out, I remember that we were still kind of stuck in like red and blue. Yeah, and I still remember going to purchase those things, but like yellow kind of rooted my sense of like, all right, the '90s are over. Yeah, specifically because like that's when like all the boy bands were really popular. Right. Like, you know, like it was just like a very like clear moment. It's like when you look at a calendar and you're like, oh shit, it's 2016. Yeah, oh, and you God. like blink and yeah, but exactly like it was. I had that moment when Pokemon came out. Whenever 1999, 2000. Yeah, yeah, When Yellow Version came out, I remember blinking and being like, I'm playing this game. Also, this is the year. Oh, shit. Mm. You had an existential crisis when you were like eight? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, Pokemon. I think this might apply to Dustin and I a little so. bit more. Whoa. Whoa, way to go, dog. Wow. Okay. Breaking Pod- the rules. Podcast style. Can we just admit that Pokemon was like a gateway drug to anime? Yeah, oh entirely. Yeah. Well, so I think like, like everybody can admit that. Yeah, I think I think it happened for a lot of us like Pokemon between Pokemon, Digimon, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Uh and then Captain Sakura. Metabots Sakura. Sakura. Uh, the TV show they said Sakura though. I have a because they're terrible. Because they're terrible. Once y'all are done, I have a fun story about Sailor Moon. Um, Sailor so you, Moon so you had those. Sheep. You had Monster Hunter. If you guys remember yeah. that, one. I don't. I played the games, but I don't remember the anime. Yeah, there was there's a really really bad. Was it show. an American anime? Or Which was like then an led anime? into it was an anime that they just translated like four kid style. Do we consider Poke- is Pokemon an anime? Yeah, like technically, yeah. Okay, I don't know. There's there's like millions of think pieces about like what defines anime and specifically well, yeah. like whether or not like Avatar: The Last Airbender is an anime. Right, no. but I mean, from like a genre standpoint, yeah. and like an aesthetic tan- standpoint, yeah, and then they're like, very similar. Yeah. Aesthetically, it looks like anime. Aesthetically, in genre, Air- I would, I would give it. Avatar: it, The Last right. Airbender looks distinctively American to me. Right, though. it, it is distinct. Well, okay, so like what the, the 2010 Titans? Would you consider that an anime? No, oh, that's a good question. But the thing mm-hmm. is, it's like heavily influenced, just like, yeah. right. just like 
Avatar the Last Airbender is. And mm. arguably, I'd say Teen Titans is more because they even have the chibi cut- cutaways. Yeah. And they, more so than Avatar did, even though they have like the serious moments and even though it's like essentially a DC storyline put into a little bit more of an anime right. aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Sailor Moon story though. So I was in, I used to watch Sailor Moon as a child. So I was probably like five at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in preschool, four or five. I was in preschool and we would play Sailor Moon and I would always be tuxedo mask because I was the only dude who watched Sailor Moon. And this one older kid like saw us and he was like, oh, y'all are playing Sailor Moon. That's stupid. And I never watched Sailor Moon again. No, Kobe, no. <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> Dude, honestly, Sailor Moon has ruined me for me forever. But I mean, like you still go back and enjoy it now, right? And uh, I think of that with you know Powerpuff what? Girls because I loved the Powerpuff Girls and my sister did too. But it was like such a stigma, even though it was yeah. such like a great show because like the color palette was so pink. The and, rowdy like, rough boys. No, yeah, they had like the rowdy rough boys, and they had like all these really great villains and all these really great messages. But like you can't think of the Powerpuff Girls and even just like think of the word Powerpuff and like see pink, you know, mm-hmm. just that bright neon pink. And like, if you don't know me now, my hair is currently that same shade of bright pink. So like the journey has, you know, well, come a long circle. way. Yeah. Right. But like I had that same moment too with Powerpuff Girls where people were like, oh, cause like all the people in the playground wanted to play like South Park. And it's like, I was I seven. I was not allowed to watch South Park. I was I, I was in like the eighth grade and my mother started, she was like, family down, guy. she was like downloading the first couple episodes on iTunes because her like coworkers said it was funny. And yeah. so like I got those back on the back end and we were like, them. and then, <laughs> hack into that mainframe of mom's I, iTunes. I, I had, then I started buying the di- DVD sets and I got up to like season nine. I had like season nine all on a disc and then I ended up selling it at a yard sale because like yard the sorry. internet happened. Yeah. And I didn't know longer needed dvds yeah it's hard on the opposite end of that gendered television reaction thing i had the same thing happen with like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh in third grade (laughs) where i was like one of the only girls that would play and i distinctively remember like getting in a fight in third grade with some Mm -hmm. dude that was like no you can't have this this is mine and then they banned it from the school because of the fight and everybody was like this is what happens when the girls get involved nerd boys Yu-Gi-Oh was banned Yu-Gi-Oh was banned at my daycare too because and it was in a it was in a altercation that involved me but we were trading and i had think i had like some extra dark magicians yeah okay. and that's one of the best cards. casual dark magicians yeah things. i just had casual dark magicians i had like three and i wanted to trade it for a defusion okay um, not bad because which is weird because i never really used polymerization at all to fuse monsters anyway yeah. so i don't know why i would need the defusion right. well you you could do it to your uh, opponent's yeah. monster but i i so i wanted it it was shiny, like the design was cool. It seemed cool. Yeah, so like I wanted to trade, we traded, and then like later in the day, he was like, no, I want it back. And I was like, that is just too but bad. But kids, kids are fickle <laughs> like that, right? Because like, I think like on a more meta sense, we're talking about like these huge like shows and things yeah. that were like very immersive and interactive yeah. that shaped us. Mm-hmm. But like everybody has like like a very niche story about something they loved, whether it was like a show or a game or whatever. Yeah. That comes into like very interpersonal mm-hmm. reactions with fellow kids. Like I never showed any kids, like I mostly dueled with like my siblings and like like yeah. my very close friends in school. Yeah. But like the second like I got out in the quote unquote big leagues, yeah. it was in between Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh being big. Yeah. And so I remember going outside just behind my house mm-hmm. and showing other kids like my cards because like they were better duelists but like I was really proud of like what I built the collection yeah 
Yeah, yeah. And then like I found out like an hour after I got home that some kid, and I know exactly who that fucker was. One of the kids. <laughs> Look at my, you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> no, his name was Ryan. Um, Ryan. I have a hard time trusting Ryan's now because this kid named Ryan, who was like a big wig in like the neighborhood, right, ended up jacking. Get this. My Red Eyes Black Dragon, one of the first best edition. Cards. Yeah, um, one of the best cards. I ended up having Relinquished that was taken. Yeah, uh, Relinquished I, are dumb. That's a no. It was dumb. dumb, but like I had it. Like I got it yeah. in a pack. And when you're yeah. a little kid, like when that get, means a lot to you. When you get one of them holographics in the pack, you're like, hot damn! I didn't even have to buy one of the starter packs for this. Right, right. Like you didn't have to, or like the decks, like the specialty decks that yeah. came with the cards, but yeah. had like the marker that was like, oh, yeah. you just had to buy a deck. I took a point of personal pride, as many people do with like you know things that they collect, in having those cards, and they were stolen. Mm-hmm. And I had a very specific moment with my dad where he was like, "It's not the end of the world," and I didn't believe that. Yes, but then, like, is. when you I don't understand, Dad. No, it, to like to me, it was. But like, I see in retrospect now, like what he was getting at. Right. But yeah. like to a kid, like that is like a very personal moment where mm-hmm. like you are learning like right from wrong and in interpersonal relationships, all yeah. because of like a shiny card. You know, yeah. I think of when I, uh, I think. It was my eighth birthday, and my mom, I've told the story to a lot of you. Um, my mom bought a Pokemon trading card game pack yeah. for everybody, same year as uh, the Pikachu game when that came out. Yeah, and uh, everybody at the table got one. So at the end of the party, everybody got to open up their pack, and it was like this huge deal. Yeah, like, my mom was the cool mom for doing that, right? Obviously, yeah. And like the second, like she'd the be last, the cool mom for doing that now. She's she's still the cool she mom. Be cool yeah, mom. <laughs> no, yeah, like mom. Buy Love us your cards. Mom. She's great. Um, but so right before the kids got there, I remember having a second of panic. And I switched the pack with the kids next to oh, mine. No. Oh no! And like it was like a knee jerk, like I should feel good about this, but you I got don't. princess brided, <laughs> essentially. Because like, <laughs> the end of the party came, this kid, his name was Anthony, and I opened up my pack, and all of them were first edition, so it was like everybody got some some gold, right? Yeah, and they all came from the same box. So like, yeah, if you're familiar with how that worked, right? Like yeah. people were militant about this because if you had if you bought an entire box, you essentially would have one of every card. I think yeah. you got at least. I didn't get a pack. You well, got at it least would, like one rare card. Or well, no, it like wouldn't. That. So, as a person who has, who's yeah. done this, <laughs> so with boxes they are laid out in a very specific order. Yeah. And so yeah. you can you they specifically put the rare cards in a specific position in the box, mm-hmm. and so you can read boxes. Uh, there's another term for it, I think, where you can go down and like select which pack it is, like three down, two over, or whatever. And, and that's it's, the one. It's the one that has like the rare, the rarest card in the box. And it's not like you get every single card in the entire set in one box, mm-hmm. but you can pretty much pick where everything is. So if you go into like a shop, they'll open a box and they'll shuffle the whole thing, so you can't, so, so you, you can't, can't deal guess. With that. And yeah. that, that, that's totally fair. Either way, 1999, all everybody wanted was that Charizard. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And Dark so, Charizard. <laughs> no, OG. <laughs> OG first edition nah. holographic Charizard. I had a holographic Dark Charizard. I, did I tell you that I sold one of, like two or three years ago? Uh, yeah, you did. Because like that's why I still have mine. Yeah. Because the story ends with me opening up a Venusaur. Yeah. And the kid whose pack I switched with opening that Charizard. Yeah. So on my birthday, could have been the coolest kid in my neighborhood. Instead, I was just pissed off and wanted to beat up Anthony. Whoa. So it took me like nine Whoa. years to get a Charizard again. Yeah. Venusaur it was is so pretty dumb. cool. No, Venusaur yeah. was tight. I still have it. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't Charizard. Yeah. Charizard's my fave. And that was a lot yeah. of people's fave. Charizard's so. everyone's fave. Except yeah. for Blaziken and Lucario. Um, there like there are Pikachu. better other Pokemon. Turn up. <laughs> now nah, Lucario's Pikachu the best. fan. Yeah. Um, wh- the one th- I think when I'm thinking back to my childhood, I think one of the things that influenced me the most because I love to play like video games and like it's a lot. It's one mm-hmm. of the ways I de-stress. Like I don't like to wa- like binge watch shows. I actually like to sit down and like play, a digest game. them. And so like the first, the first time I ever you know wanted to play a game, it was at the same daycare, which I spent a lot of time. I was there until I was like twelve. 
Um, Respect. Sweet. And they had a Nintendo 64 and an Xbox. Yeah. And you could like sign up to play it and you got like right. 15 minutes on it. Yeah. And one of the games they had for like everyone to play was they had Super Smash Brothers. Turn up. Yeah. Which was great because you could get four of your buddies and just wail on each other. Yeah. And people are still doing that yeah. today. Like and Dustin and I are going on tour yeah. this week and I've had multiple people that we're seeing in multiple cities be like, bring your Smash skills because we're going to beat you up. I, I love Super Smash Brothers so much. Um, and... One of the games they had was Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That's my favorite game of all time still. And It was really quality. This was, I don't know, the, the Nintendo 64 had been out for a while. I don't remember when it came out, but I was, it was like, I had a PS2 at home. Okay. And that was, so that was PS2 GameCube generation. So N64 was a generation old at that point. And I played that, and you couldn't save because it's not fair. Right. But I was like, Mom, Dad, I really want a Nintendo 64. And so they got it for me, and they bought me a a pack, of, uh, a copy of Super Smash Bros. and a copy of uh, Legends of Zelda, and I got to play that. And I distinctly remember when we were moving into the house where my parents live now, I meet, while they were unloading, I was in the corner playing Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the one of the things that set me on the path of like playing games a lot now. Like, sure. Like my... my my um, Sunny sign off today is going to be a game. So sure, no, I get that, but like, Ooh. I think it's interesting that we started talking about TV shows yeah. that automatically led to the things that tie into games, mm-hmm. right? Because like, I have a very similar story with Pokemon. You know, it's like every, my family moved a lot, so like every time I moved, it was like cool. I had to do all the manual labor to help out with like packing cars and stuff. But like every time we got in a car to do the twenty minute car ride to the new house, I was playing Pokemon, right? So like that tie in is so interesting. But I don't know. Um, so I guess like. I don't really have anything grandiose to say about like the role of this stuff. But, no, like, I think I think a lot of it. Well, I think at least within our generation, um, gen first gen, yeah, first gen. Uh, <laughs> I think with within a lot of people like similar to our age, like a lot of people resonate with like the idea that like those formative things really impact the way that impact your life. And like I don't think that's not true about like older generations or different generations than mm-hmm. us, you know. But I think especially since we're at a weird point where like technology really ramped up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so like right the, as we were like Yeah, oh absolutely. You know, especially when you look at like the rise of like toy sales and mm-hmm. like toy sales throughout the years. I've always found something interesting because uh, they've canceled a lot of TV shows that I like because they didn't sell enough fucking toys. Right. You know? I hate that. Um, and so, like, if you look at over the years, like, they stopped dooming, like, the toy thing as much, and now they worry about, like, secondary branding merchandise, and I think that's interesting when looking at, like, the shit that we're into, because, like, oh, yeah, we, we all liked Pokemon, and Pokemon was always, like, this thing, a big thing for us, yeah. but also it was, like, we hit, we hit the end of, like, the huge merchandising yeah. of yeah. that, and then there wasn't really another big thing uh, I mean, you have SpongeBob and everything. Well, I actually think the Dragon that Dragon Ball Z had a big merchandising push because you had the action figures. Yeah, but it did. It wasn't fucking everywhere. But it was. It was a BK. You remember when they used to give really good toys at the BK and the McDonald's? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's when they had those big marketing pushes, and I think, you know, when they did the. I think Burger King had those silver metallic like Frieza Saga. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z toys, and I think. I think they moved away from like buying them in the store and like you could just get them for free with like a Happy Meal. Well, I think that's always kind of been a thing, but I think that was a, a bigger push 
within our generation. And I think uh, it's still a thing, right? But I'm talking like Pokemon on fucking Kraft macaroni and cheese, like yeah. SpongeBob on cheese its like and shit all like that. Italians. Yeah, like yeah, literally I, every single other time. Those Italian. were good times. Like, and I think it happens with other series. We just aren't necessarily yeah. aware of that, uh-huh. you know? Because we're just not consuming that yeah. media anymore, and well, we're not right. like the target market I, for all that I shit. I think all they have now, because I was just in the mac and cheese aisle because broke, but <laughs> we hang out there. They, they, all they have right now is Star Wars and SpongeBob. Star Wars, SpongeBob, probably superheroes because superheroes yeah. have huge giants yeah. and everything. And like, I think it's really interesting to look at the rise of like all this marketing bullshit as compared to like where we are who we are now mm-hmm. uh, and the way we kind of joke about all these marketing tie-ins and hashtag branding and shit like that because mm-hmm. I think at a point we've just become aware of all of it because we're like self-aware mm-hmm. and right. so I think like looking at and looking into all of these different things um, provides a lot to like understand our culture and the things around us and how our culture is changing around us right. that's what makes Star Wars coming back so interesting you know because like that was something that Star Wars is what kind of pioneered that style of marketing back in the 70s where it was like you couldn't get the action figures yeah so in the, when the very very first movie came out you just bought the card it was like it was like a cardboard thing it was like hey you bought this that's what you put under the tree for Christmas yeah and it was like $30 and then you shipped off the code or like whatever like the box top was and you got all the action figures sent in the mail because you're gonna it, grab like, my belly yeah. you couldn't meet you demand you didn't get it. I didn't. Uh, sorry to belly. detract from you. No, um, you're good. I'm gonna uh, try to get Dustin's belly. So like, you had that, which like led into all of this like crazy marketing and tie-ins because they knew the money was there. Yeah. And then Star Wars has come back now twice in our lives. So like, we were born being like, oh hey, here's this cool thing. Yeah. That did all this stuff that Already we now take for granted. Yeah. Right, so like the the Happy Meal tie-ins are talking about, um, you know, guests starring on like various TV and different media, right? Uh-huh. Star Wars has now come back twice in our collective lifetime, mm-hmm. and every single time it like maintains that status of like it's so good, like as like a brand that like, I mean, you it's can't not that, top it. I mean, the, oh, overall, like yeah, the like argument against our uh, despite arguing like the the validity of how good the the prequels are, right? But, I just mean like the, their ability to do that. Like I'm only talking about that. I'm not talking about the story. Yeah, I'm not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, anything yeah. else. And I know that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, right. Um, so it it keeps coming back, and so on one hand you have like this baseline, yeah, that keeps getting injected in the conversation where it's like it couldn't possibly be better, but then they're the ones that are adapting. Yeah, you know? I mean, and I think it's interesting. I think it's it's wild because now you see them going even beyond what they've ever done, and they have they have to be the ones to one up each other. You know? Yeah, right. Where like yeah, okay, we've seen the craft macaroni and cheese tie-ins, we've seen the Shrek fucking uh, ketchup. You know, Ugh. the fucking green oh and purple ketchup. God. Yeah, I know, deep cut, right? Things that shaped our childhood, cut. purple um, and green ketchup. Purple ketchup was the But bomb. now they're even doing it, so it's like Star Wars fucking CoverGirl makeup. Um, Which is amazing. Well, well like, yeah, in like the Hunger Games. Hunger Games makeup. Hunger Games Completely makeup. missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> For real, it's, though. It's just wild to me that everybody is trying to one-up each other on this multiple branding thing, and I think... You know, understanding how those things in our childhood impacted us mm-hmm. now gives us will will or could give us more information and more understanding as to how like these things are going to shape the rest of our lives mm-hmm. in if any of us ever have kids, God forbid, their lives. Uh-huh. Well, well I, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, go ahead. I think, you know, I, we are one of the first generations to have our childhood follow us. Like, I think that mm. we're one of the first generations where it's like, it's still okay to watch SpongeBob. And it's like, there are things that are like, quote unquote, kid shows that are marketed towards adults. So yeah. now, SpongeBob like was so good. Now, now question, do you yeah. think that is because we've made it that way? Or do you think that's because 
They, like the, the more the question I'm asking is it because it's our choice or is it because someone else's choice? Because I'll I'd argue both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it depends on which one. Because mm. if you look at like okay, so there's a lot of older people that are into a lot of Cartoon Network shows, yeah. right? Yep. And and people that are like generally interested in that. And so the people that have had the childhood follow them, like like take me and Max for example, who who's one of our roommates. Um, he's been he was on, on last episode. He was you yeah. Check that out. <laughs> check that out. Click here. Uh, <laughs> so like. He and I grew up watching anime, obviously, mm-hmm. and we we met at an anime convention, actually, uh, and so like that fucking shaped our lives to the fact that like now it's impacting my living situation. He pays me rent every month. Yeah. So on top of on top of the fact that he and I work on a fucking role play game together, mm-hmm. you know, and we're trying to like Good work stuff. through that, and and he and I both enjoy like consuming even like quote unquote child. Uh, like child targeted media like Steven Universe and shit yeah. like that you know or like some animes like for kids like or even okay like even Emily and Emily would, would back this like going like to Totoro or or the, yeah. any of the Ghibli films like yeah. those are all child oriented but we all still gain something from watching those do you think it's because we enjoy that or do you think it's because somebody else I think we came and sought it out we went and sought it out and this might be just be a generational thing but we were just like no I want to relive my childhood and watch these things and then you know people started catching on to that and like, well, we're going to market these things towards them. And then that filled a need that we didn't know we wanted until they started like giving us those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they sell like adventure time onesies in adult sizes. Or I don't know what those are. Or make Family Guy, which yeah. is a cartoon targeted towards adults. Yeah. And, and they make it so animation is not just a child's thing, but also an yeah, adult ch- thing. Go. What's good, Tom? Tim? Tim Tam? No, I thought Emily wanted to no. say something. M-Dog. Okay. Well, that's, that's more what I want to get to is like, is it fair then to say that... And, and I'm going to answer your question, Justin. I'm going to bring this all back. Um, I want to know then, is it unfair that animation is considered like, you know, quote unquote, children's media? Right? No. Because it's like, I and exactly. I don't think that just because it's like, oh, SpongeBob's animated, it makes it towards kids. I think like the Nickelodeon the, thing. The content yeah, makes it yeah. towards the children. But when you look at the content itself, it's yeah. like the, uh, the Texas episode, right? My stepdad consistently Amazing. finds that one of the best things to ever exist in his life, you know? Well, and yeah. so I would absolutely agree with you. I think that it's more than not because we made it that way, right? Because at a point, we want to leave the world a less shitty of a place than we found it. And it's like, it's not fair for us to be like, oh, like you have to grow up and then like stop liking the things you like, you know? Like when they shape you and they're like part of that conversation, I think it's natural that like with us growing up with it and now being in places of power, especially as marketers, hashtag millennials, especially as the people who now get to like take these things on, you know? I think it makes absolute sense that we're able to continue to do it. And it doesn't make sense to like, you know, peg any one specific thing as like, oh, it's only for X generation. I know. know? I think I think if we're going to look at how that's possible, right, Mm -hmm. in in our demand for it, I think Mm -hmm. it came. I think it comes back with like click hole of YouTube kind of bullshit, you know, where where like I wouldn't be into a lot of these things if I didn't like have the fucking Internet to to be accessible Mm -hmm. for me. Right. Because, yeah, I I really enjoyed like a lot of things I saw in Adult Swim as a kid. Yeah. Like that's Mm -hmm. how I really got into like other animes because Uh I saw like Inuyasha and Yu Hakusho on on, on Toonami and on which the Toonami section of of Cartoon Network, uh, Network, you know, but but in Kenshin or, you know, the, there's a bunch of latter ones like full metal alchemist, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be into any of those. And I wouldn't know about any of those if that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then in tandem with that, 
have the accessibility to access that at any other given point. Because, you know, I think a, a way a lot of people relive their childhood is just through their children mm-hmm. by showing right. the things that they love in their childhood to their children. I think it's a lot of people like that's why I got into Star Wars because my dad grew up with Same. it and was was in on that when he was a kid. And then when I was born, he was like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. And so we got to enjoy that together later on. But we are now in a certain position where other generations had to get over that at a point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they had they had to leave that behind because you didn't have home video even. Uh-huh. You know, you had to wait the one time of the fucking year that Wizard of Oz was on. And then mm-hmm. you could go watch. The whole family could sit down and watch Wizard of Oz. You know, and then, you know, you finally got the home video. And now we have the accessibility of the internet at all given points. That mm-hmm. we're able to do that. It's not just that we demand it. It's that the ability is there finally for instant access. And the accessibility is so, again, on demand that like it literally then becomes more about like what do you resonate with versus like, oh, like you have this great memory, right? Because like uh-huh. we could all watch Dodgeball, the movie Dodgeball, which Sadly. was... Uh, and I, I bring Vaughn's the, last great movie. Yeah. Well, I bring this up very specifically because it was the last movie to be released on VHS. Ever. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Really? Because, yeah. Because at that point, I think it was like 2004 or three or something like that. Um, I'm terrible with dates in the show. But uh, that was one of the last movies to come out on VHS because Blockbuster up until 2004, if you can even imagine this. So like we're even trying to consider the fact that Blockbuster existed, right? Which yeah. very nostalgic part. It no part, longer does. Right. Very nostalgic part for a lot of it's people. dead now. But they only carried VHSs up until like 2004 and Dodgeball was one of the last movies, right? Yeah. So if you don't actually like that movie, that could be completely forgotten, right? Yeah. But like technically, any of us right now could go purchase a copy of it, watch it in HD on whatever device we have at any given point if we feel so inclined. Correct. Mm-hmm. And in the past, and I would say even just like, you know, just, like oh, just a little more than five years ago. Yeah. That was rooted in going to like a physical place, Blockbuster or whatever, or yeah. even like an internet site that yes. is talking about it and physically seeing a reminder like, oh yeah, that movie is considered a classic in like late 2000s comedy or yeah. like mid to late 2000s comedy and that exists. Maybe I'll watch it, right? Like that was rooted in like a physical thing and now that on-demand culture is so prevalent, right? Like I completely forget that a movie exists sometimes and I'm sure like a lot of movies, let alone my favorite movies, Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not rooted in the place that, oh, I see it or I interact with, you know, this brick right. that, you know, I will then physically rent. Like it's, it's, it's weird, but I think it's more interesting to like consider why you like what you like mm-hmm. because like you're not necessarily rooted in having it physically exist. Well, maybe... Maybe we, and I totally agree with the on-demand culture has changed the way, you know, we can go back. But I think part of it might be that our generation is one of the first generation that, like, really loves themselves and doesn't, like, you know. (laughs) Everyone else. I don't know necessarily that we're the first generation to love ourselves. Well, America's always out there pretty fucking cool. (laughs) I think there's a lot of more self-acceptance around, um, there's, like, there's a bigger... We're more, you know, self-accepting about what we do and don't like. And we're about a lot more open about what we do and don't like. And I think what it is is that um, when we were growing up, we were like, you know what? I still like this, and that's okay. And I'm gonna be proud of like what I like and rep it, right. and you know, not be afraid to not like it because like I think if you talk to your parents, you know, would you watch a show from your childhood? They'd be like, well, no. Um, but then again, there wasn't a lot of children's programming back then. So like maybe it's because we're one of the first generations with like true children's programming to even look back on. Because, well, children's programming and then preteen programming yeah. and t- teen right. programming and like, you know, the 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 entire scale yeah. crescendo of of media per age group. Because it know? used to just be MASH and wrestling. 
That was it. That's, that's all not you had. all that was on television. <laughs> um, but well, then, there was like kids television because that's how you got the rise of like toys and toy marketing and shit. Like Even that. if you I mean, go as far back as like Howdy well, Doody show, I think that started. Yeah, exactly. That started in the eight when. No, that, I that started, started in the fifties. Actually, we well, we went to a whole we went to a whole museum thing about this in Pittsburgh, dude. I didn't. Yeah, that was cool. The it whole, was really cool. The whole rise of the toy came go. through tie-ins with uh, with TV shows. The only thing I the when I really think about like toy explosion, I think of the eighties with like GI Joe and Transformers that were just shows to push toys. GI Joe came up before the eighties. I know, but it first was like of all. When and, you and talk- they were they were a toy thing. And they were a way to like market, you know. They were a way to market like toys towards like multiple people and have mm-hmm. like the doll market open up to bo- to like mail the to like their action know, figures. Damn it! And and like <laughs> collectibles. I don't know. The, those things have been around for a while, and like toy marketing through shows really started like in like in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Also, a bunch of people just walked. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, we but, have a peanut gallery now. Yeah, we have an entire gallery. Um, what was I saying? Damn it, guys. Um, <laughs> something else that I wanted to bring up is sure. that I've read a couple articles and I'm currently looking at While we've been on the show? Well, yes. yeah, but then I've just seen them like on Facebook. Rude. But a lot of people, like scientific research is being done now as like the millennial group and like why we are the way we are and like yeah, darn millennials. millennials and all that shit. But um, a lot of people are saying that we get what is like I've seen classified as early onset nostalgia mm-hmm. because so much has changed so fast that we didn't get to go through like the actual like process of like liking someone and having it burn out mm-hmm. that it's just liking then, someone or something something and then having okay. the same thing of like having that unlimited access yeah. that like you can like something and then just continue to like it forever. That's true. Like you're never going to burn out on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you can burn out on it. Well, yeah, but I but mean, it's not going to like go away out of your life. Yeah. Right. I but I'm saying if you want to continue to rewatch Pokemon, you can. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not like that's well, they, gone forever. They also keep making new Pokemon. They really need to let a couple. So that's another thing. These shows are conti- like a lot of kids programming. There's not been a lot of turnover on some of these networks. Right. So there have been a lot of shows that have been around since we were children. Goddamn, like the Fairly, Fairly Odd, Odd Parents. Parents. Well, I and well, I mean, if you look at like the Nickelodeon programming, yes. Yeah. But if you look at Cartoon Network programming, no. That's true. Because they they used to have a million TV shows, and Cartoon Network started because it was just a way for them to play all the old Hanna Barbera cartoons. Yeah. And that's that's like essentially why it was created to play all the old ones. But now they got stripped to Boomerang. Yeah. Because Cartoon Network started doing original content. Uh-huh. But a lot of those shows that even we grew up like the Dexter's Laboratory crew like what a great pow- what a Powerpuff great Girls Party Now study uh, later <laughs> there's there's like two or three others that I'm just trying to think Dude, about um, like those had a those had a high turnover and then yeah. there's a lot of shows between like 03 and 2010 that all got turnover why why do you think Cartoon Network has so much turnover and Nickelodeon doesn't um, I think because Nickelodeon is Nickelodeon is much more strict and stringent about the programming they put up in uh-huh. Cartoon Network's willing to put on new people they're willing all to put the time. on Steven Universe and Adventure Time yeah they're willing to put on I an experiment a little time. bit more when when if you look at Nickelodeon programming the second that you get a little bit too much experimentation it gets cut like Korra got cut yeah. it, like the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender got got cut like two or three times and they put it yeah. to online only because it didn't have like the market share that and they you, wanted and you can definitely tell like their budget was cut in those last Two seasons was it? Or the yeah, last the season? last two seasons, especially the last season. But like, I think that thing happened. I think that happened all over the place. If you're looking at things like like Nickelodeon, where they'll put a show on for like a year, mm-hmm. but then they won't put it on past a year if it's not going to have the SpongeBob power. If it's not because right. they ha- because they had SpongeBob, because they had Fairly Odd Parents, because they had. Uh, 
Invader Zim. And well, I mean, See, Invader Zim only had three years, too. and that got canceled. But like, yeah, that has the cult following, but it didn't have like the pervasive thing. It was a little too weird for people. Yeah, yeah, you know. Like, I'd argue it's a little too weird for people. Danny Phantom even got cut, you know? Even though, like, we look at it back at it, it's like, oh, that was cool, you know? And it was by the dude that made the Fairly Odd Parents. Like, still got cut. Federator. Federator, yeah. Still out, you know? I think I think Nickelodeon wants us to remember, and they want us to remember specific shows, and like SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents. There's fucking a reason that we can't remember any of the yeah. other big shows. That's true. Well, like, I to go back to the experimentation point, you know, like, even with those cult followings, it's like, we still can't have nice things like there's like well like I, I no I'm so serious because I think of Samurai Jack you know which has like one down of the, the most jack, down to the jack Samurai Jack it has out. one of the most dedicated followings of any piece of media ever yeah oh, and man. still got cut and people are still very fervently opposed was, to it that man was built that's what I'm saying but like everybody loved Samurai Jack to the point of like Firefly you know and like if you don't get that reference did it's it like only have one season no I believe no, it, it, had, it had like two or three and then it, it like came back or oh, whatever cool. but it was something that was gonna be like the Spongebob you know and it yeah, was like potentially yeah and it had like the style and it had the storytelling and it engaged people in a very specific way yeah where like at a point you're always gonna like when you're making anything and I, I, I truly believe this like if you're making anything you're gonna there's gonna be somebody that resonates with it right mm-hmm. even if it's like you the creator or even if it's like just like one person that like ends up picking it up and like hey I found something to like about this right yeah so it makes it hard especially when it's something that like a very specific set of people like really 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 feel passionately about yeah that's the only reason why like the stuff gets popular like yeah. Spongebob you know somebody really believed in this really weird idea of like a walking sponge that like we're gonna come up with this weird name and now we don't think twice about it. Yeah, right. Well, but somebody, be- yeah, but somebody so felt as strongly about that yeah. idea to sell it as somebody felt about Invader Zim existing. Uh-huh. You know, and you see these casualties, but like that passion for what that thing is, yeah. still doesn't exist. So it makes it harder, I guess, to see something like that happen where like we're still talking about it down the line. Yeah, because like thirteen year old me really liked that show. I could watch it now and think it sucks. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way about albums. I feel the same way about yeah. video games. I feel the same about just about any piece of media. Yeah, it's like the things that resonated so strongly with me. At a point, there are a lot of people out there who don't care and will never care. Yeah, and so the idea that we can carry this on, if anything, it's empowering. Right, like, dude, you just think you just think piece the shit out of this. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm just like that's like that's how I feel. Like Samurai Jack and Invaders and got canceled. Yeah, right. And like we're still talking about it today. And there, there is no way that you can reunite like the in, the yeah. exact teams that made those things happen. Right. But like whether or not that was going to happen, somebody was still going to care about it. Yeah. So now it's just like the landscape has changed where we can continue to like these things and like revisit them on even on YouTube. Like all those shows got like all the episodes bootlegged on YouTube. Yeah. Bet. Like yeah. bet. Do y'all remember? All right. Do you know what the best show on Cartoon, Cartoon Network produced? One of the best original Cartoon Network shows was? What? Grave Adventures of Billy and Mandy. It was okay. Disagree. Once, Disagree. once they dropped Evil Concarne from there, from because the, it used to be one episode of Grim Adventures and one event, one episode of Evil Concarne. It was Grim and Evil. It was just what it yeah. was called. It was Grim and Evil, and they were like 15 minute episodes each. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Or and, like 11. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, then it turned into the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And Fredrick, Fred Fredberger and then Billy's Spider Son. Are two of my favorite characters in like my my child brain. Child um, brain. Your child brain. My child brain. Like those those are still hilarious to me. And that might just be my sense of humor, which would be one of the shows that like influenced. it like really sculpted that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that show so much. But when I, as I say that, you know, we're gonna kind of wrap up here. I wanted to ask you guys what were your favorite shows from 
Nickelodeon. What was your favorite show from Nickelodeon? What was your favorite show from Cartoon Network or WB? Because I think Cartoon Network. Oh yeah, we gotta throw WB in there. All right, so Cartoon. So you don't really have to explain why because I'm sure we all saw it. But your favorite show from Cartoon Network, favorite show from WB, and favorite show from Nickelodeon. Tommy, I'm gonna let you go first. All right, so favorite Nickelodeon show. I'm gonna go like early '90s. Uh huh. uh, Keenan and Kel. Hands down, like okay. not not a cartoon, but like straight yeah. up, I think about Keenan I mean, and Kel every single show, day. But yeah, um, Cartoon Network. I already said Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna explain that. And yeah. then WB. I also said this in the beginning. Static Shock, like Static Shock was superheroes. No, Static Shock was one of the greatest things ever created, and we didn't deserve such greatness. Do you ever? wish. Do you ever like think about shows, and you can only remember like the first thing you think of is like one iconic scene that you remember? Oh yeah, Shaolin Showdown. Whenever. I st- whenever me and another person grab something at the same time, I still scream "Shallon Showdown." Amazing. That's tight. All right. <laughs> em- Emily, Emily was ooh, Emily was good. Um, so I think for Nickelodeon, my favorite show was The Fairly Odd Parents. Okay, just because yeah. it's been around, and I like kind of. There were two video games for that show. And yeah, I played well, there were movies. There was video games. It was great, and I loved it. But my, I, I think my Cartoon Network ones are tied with Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakura. Just those are WB shows. Yeah. Those are oh, WB are they? shows. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't Plot even know. Yeah, they were on WB. I thought Card Captors was on Tsunami. They were for on Tsunami, but they were originally through the WB. They were okay. they were originally through well, the WB because Cartoon Network didn't start doing original programming until later after those. Okay, so those are my WB shows because I'm okay. all about like the Magical Girl yeah. anime train. Uh huh. All right. And now I don't know what, what Cartoon Network? Network is. Okay. Do you like Pokemon? Was that also WB? Also WB. WB had all the good stuff. I might get back to you. We'll see. Dustin. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't... I, I don't know if it's I disliked a lot of those. Is that like a lot of them don't have like a like a large resonance for me mm-hmm. comparatively. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I spent a lot of time watching like Cartoon Network shows and there's probably like some, some anime that like I watched on that that was just like brought over. Uh-huh. Probably can't... Like I think a lot of the stuff that I watched from that was like either reminiscent of that or like brought over from that. So mm-hmm. like... I remember watching like well, Yu Yu Show was on like Adult Swim oh, for a yeah. while, and then they brought it to like Tsunami Block of Cartoon Network Spirit when they shifted Gun. it. You, you, like I, I like that a lot. Uh, I liked anything that was probably in the Tsunami Block, the yeah. teen, teen Titans and all shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I take it back, Young Justice. Yeah, that like not childhood, but that shit was tight. Yeah, uh, Avatar: okay. Last Day I Bender for Nick. Easy. Still haven't seen it. Wait, what was I'm sorry. Avatar: what? The Last Day I Bender. Avatar: The Last Day Bender. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll get there, y'all. Yeah. I'll get there. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, like that. That easily is, is like. Number one, um, I like Jackie Chan Adventures for hell yeah, yes. that Damn was tight. Right. Challenge and Showdown, those two were tight. The so. only only the first season of Jackie Chan Adventures though. Yeah, uh, Yu Gi Oh was also on WB, so I could probably back that. Yeah, so. Yugi. You know, Jackie Chan Adventures is on Netflix. Yeah, I saw which it. Jackie Chan Adventure. I still remember the episode where um, they put a fake talisman and they were on they were on um, what is it the one with the president faces Mount Rushmore and he was <laughs> he was like. Oh, I thought I, he was like, oh, I thought I'd already got the snake talisman. And I'm like, of course you did, Jackie. Why are you grabbing it now? And he grabs it and I like bit him. And I was like, oh, damn. What a twist. I feel that way about like every episode of <laughs> uh, Hey Arnold. What What was your last one? My favorite was obviously Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Cool. Um, then at Nickelodeon, I'm going to have to go with uh, Legend of Korra, which cool. I like better than Avatar The Last Airbender. And for the WB, okay. I'm going to have to go with Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I love Yu-Gi-Oh! to death. Okay. Okay. Sunny sign off. Go, right. go. Uh, Emily first. Um, I'm motherfucking graduated, so that's cool. Yeah. That's tight. Congratulations. Congratulations, Emily. Thanks. I'm really excited for <gasps> sleep. That's Besi- it. Okay. That's okay. it. I thought of my show. Um, What's good, dog? 
What, tell us your show real quick. My show for Cartoon Network is Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I back that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good my, show, back to our... My, my favorite, my sunny sign-off this week is something that came out on Tuesday, which is Uncharted 4, uh, which was the culmination of the Uncharted series through... Is um, it the last one? Yeah. Yeah. It's the last one through uh, Sony Computer Entertainment with uh, with Naughty Dog. It's an exclusive to the PlayStation brand made by Naughty Dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Made by Naughty Dog, one of the best developers in the video game industry right now. They yep. made Crash Bandicoot. And they, they did. They did make Baxter. Crash Bandicoot. All right, mild spoiler. In Uncharted Four, you get to play Crash Bandicoot. That's it's like awesome. part of the story that you play a level of Crash Bandicoot. That's tight. Um, so that was just really fun. I played it all in like a day and a half for Redbox after my exams were over. Cool. Um, What's that like? <laughs> Neato. And I just I loved it to death. Uh, I have been listening to a lot of records lately, so anything like that, I should just get a Spotify playlist. That way, people can can, can <laughs> yeah. like the shit. Subscribe to our show, but also yeah. Dustin's Spotify playlist. We're gonna we're gonna diversify Dustin's. into other mediums. Yeah, yeah. That it, way, it, that way, you can back. Me. No matter what you put on, it's not gonna be good as Randy's vibe Spotify playlist. Who will be our guest next week? Cool. I'm stoked. I want to hear about that. Okay. Um, so probably any of the records that I have legally downloaded through only legal yep. means, Tech- legal currency. What did you th- have you listened to views? I just want to get your take. I listened to views, not that impressed by it. Oh man. That's some like, that's for another like day. it has it has like I'll I'll break it down to this. I'm not a fan of Drake's lyrical content pretty typically. He writes a lot sadder shit than like what yeah. I am into, and mm-hmm. I'm into like a bunch of emo and pop funk fans. Yeah. Uh, so Damn. I think it's I think that's just a, I think it's a weird thing when people like shit on like emo and whatever they're like all you, all you do is listen to sad shit and like eh, sometimes sometimes and Drake's like, pretty sad man and like he just, <laughs> he's, like he's real about a lot of it and so I I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna like talk shit on him for like yeah yeah like anything but I I think a lot of it's just a vibe thing and I I can get like I, I put it on the background when I was when I was screen printing the other day and it was like a good vibe but that's not a that is not an album you put on in the background in my opinion just because. I put it on the background the first time I listened to it, which is yeah. how I like to listen to hip hop albums. And then I was like, "This, this is not good." I was not unimpressed. <laughs> and then I actually listened to it, and I like it a lot now. Cool. Well, maybe we'll discuss it more next All week. Right. Tight. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. Have a nice one. All right, everyone. There, uh, what's what's our stuff on social? Oh, you can follow us on Twitter at poptopcast dot uh, or the Twitter at poptopcast on Twitter. You can follow us at. Pop Top uh, Podcast on Facebook or www.facebook.com slash poptopcast and that's twitter.com slash poptopcast as well or you can email us a question or anything you want us to talk about on the show at g or poptopcast at gmail.com or if you want to sponsor us for any reason give us your money and we'll do what you yeah, want we'll take your money and we'll do whatever you want you can tweet at me and I will respond hopefully in a re- reasonably timely manner we'll take your raccoons out of your garbage can no, and we put won't. them in the forest no we don't nope. no we won't nope, nope. <laughs> bye we got time for that bye bye, bye.